Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Warzone listeners, my name is Mike Casper, and I wanted to share why I've been a Warzone Patreon going on two years. I've been a member of quite a few other fantasy football Patreons and never had a one-on-one connection like I do with the Warzone host. Memphis has called me to discuss team-specific and rookie draft strategies multiple times, and that's something I've just never experienced anywhere else. Uh, Memphis has also given podcasting advice on a regular basis and supports the individual Patreons in sharing their talents with the group. The group chat is always active. There's no group think there. People are honest and willing to share their opinions. And last, the Patreon leagues are fun and always active in trading. I know one league had over 20 trades in a 24-hour time period. So if that's something you're interested in, sign up for the Patreon. The price stays the same, but the perks being a Patreon keep rising. I'll see you there and look forward to welcoming you to the family. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone D people's dynasty podcast and on today's show we're going to do our first edition of mock draft monday actually recorded on a sunday for a podcast on wednesday i'm all sorts of out of sorts but you know who always keeps me in sorts it is my co-host he is the man of the hour and the man with the power jerry sinclair what's up buddy good weekend yeah oh yeah always a good weekend mr young how are you doing you know, I have. Uh, I finally, after a flood over two months ago, it'll be three months on like the seventh of March. I finally have the carpet in my basement, so I got that new carpet smell. So okay. maybe I'm a little high on fumes. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun show. It's gonna be a banger for sure. Uh, what's going on with you? You know, you've been working a bunch, uh, trying to get into grad school, living your best yeah, life. Still. Still, still waiting on a few emails. I did get into one. I'm not gonna, not gonna say the place yet, but because I may be going there, or I may, you know, shun them. And if there is a person at their uh, admissions department, you know, I would, I would hate to, you know, disappoint them while they're listening to us do a mock draft. You know what I mean? Well, they they've come to the right place, and and you're in the right place if you head over to YouTube. Head over to YouTube.com, use the app, whatever you want to do, and search Dynasty Warzone. There was a mysterious, yet to be, one day it'll be a podcast, Jerry. I've got it edited, but it is a podcast. We recorded this last, I think it was Tuesday, maybe it was Man, Wednesday, so. and it's just sitting there chilling. I'm wearing a red t-shirt and a black hat, and Jerry and I talked startup. It was very organic very well received by the the people that did watch on YouTube. A lot of good upvotes and thumbs ups. And uh, one guy didn't like the fact that I, I didn't have a lot of nice things to say about Antonio Gibson, but that's okay. That's okay, Jerry. It's uh, it's it's a good time over at you know the the YouTube channel. Oh yeah, and you, you know you get you get to see your pretty face. Not as pretty as face. I have heard, you have your your Bill Belichick hoodie on. Yeah, this is my hoodie. So uh, again, I referenced the basement. Still a little cold here in Indiana. It was like forty-five today, but maybe I just have a chill. But it was cold down here, so I went and threw on a hoodie. And my son was like, "Are you wearing that Bill Belichick hoodie?" Because it's old. 
it's gray and it's got like a little rip here at the neck but you know what it's a hoodie jerry hoodies are great i agree i i have too many hoodies i buy them when i don't need them too many now how many hoodies do you own uh a shitload i i couldn't tell you more than everything else combined i would guess now, for those that aren't watching the show on YouTube, you need to because Jerry is currently wearing a collared shirt, <laughs> which is, is in and of itself not a not a bad looking shirt. But uh, Jerry, why the collared shirt? Uh, I always sort of wear like a, a sweater or a collared shirt or something when we do this. Now I know you can only see like the shoulders, but usually I have like a like a Saint John sweater or something on. The sweatpants I have underneath makes it look super goofy if I were to stand up because I definitely have a button up with sweatpants on right now. Well, you should wear the sweatpants more often because, you, Jerry, you, you deserve to wear sweatpants. See, thank you. See, it's the positive reinforcement that I come here for. All right. Well, we've talked about the YouTube channel, continuing to pick up new people. But uh, Jerry, I, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a good person, maybe mediocre person, and a bad tweet. Are you okay. ready? Yeah, oh, yeah. Now I, I can no longer see this gentleman's work, but oh, I, I, I know I, where this is I, going. I, I, I did get a screen, a screenshot of uh, it's Spence, and Spence can be found on uh, Twitter, the, the, the Angry Bird, at JTRB1. Apparently, very, uh, very unbiased in, in, uh-huh. in his takes, and that's uh, a picture of Jonathan Taylor as his avatar. Yep. And Mister Mister Spence says, "Buy Baker Mayfield." At worst, he's valued around QB twenty six, and you just paid minimal price for a one year fill in. At best, the Browns draft a wide receiver. He improves then. Resign him and his value increases to a selling point. And then uh, let's see here. This guy named Jerry, Jerry Sinclair at Jerry Sin DWZ said, You'd like at DWZ Memphis. He has gone on a many a diatribe on this. And I was, uh, I, I went with my, 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 uh, my standard default. I said, The buy player X with no context on how to buy, who to buy from what to pay, and more importantly than any of that, who and when, that's way more important than who or when to buy. It's lazy dynasty advice, and it's the absolute worst tweets. I And uh, that got me blocked. Yep. I got blocked blocked just for saying, because someone essentially tweeted, they responded and said essentially like, if you're not going to tell me who to buy, like why are you tweeting this? And I was like, oh. You would like Memphis. He does this all the time. And that got me blocked. So, I mean, it is what it is. Um, uh, gu- guilt by association. Yeah. But but it's but, not. It's, 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 it, and I didn't mean to cut you off. It's, no, not about, okay. it's, it's, it's not about that. I don't think Spence JTRB1 is a bad guy. No. That's why it's called good people, bad tweets. But again, I always think of the novice dynasty gamer. You know, I think about, you know, Go into your podcast queue, searching dynasty podcast or or whatever, and I try I, I try to have a little something nuanced for the more seasoned veteran. I think that's really more of our niche is yeah. that veteran seasoned dynasty gamer. We talk a lot of strategy, a lot of whatever. But when you're doing that, Spence, 
Spence, think about the new guy. Okay, well, my man JTRB1 said I got to go buy Baker Mayfield. Hey, would you take my 2023 first for him? And he comes back like uh, like the guy. like He's like, look, look, Spence, I got Baker Mayfield. I got him right here. And then Spence, in all of his infinite wisdom, goes, well, what'd you pay? Uh, just my 2023 third. You're going to look at him like he's a dumbass because mm-hmm. it's a bad trade. But you told him to go do this. I didn't tell him to go do it. You did. You didn't say, hey, you know what? On the clock, it, it could have been this simple. Hey, I think Baker Mayfield's a buy. During your rookie draft, if you can get out of Baker Mayfield or you can buy Baker Mayfield for like the 112 or the 201 in a super flex, I think that's a good cash out spot in the 2022 draft. Okay. I could live with that. But it, it, just, it, if a new guy trusts you as a content creator, you've, you've set him or her down a road to failure, Jerry. Like we just, I, I mean, we've had this conversation a lot of times, but we are, we are people that like to be certain about the moves that we do because we've made lots of good ones and lots of bad ones. And you like to learn from them all. If you're just talking to talk, it doesn't help anybody. So a new person that's playing this game is going to need more context. You know, like like you said, who to trade, when to trade, you know, what to trade, you know, how to do it in the first place. But if that's not your audience and you're going to tweet it, you know, in, you know, maybe to, you know, an experienced player. The experienced player doesn't need to hear your dumbass shit about Baker Mayfield. So you're just you're tweeting to nobody. You're helping nobody. And you're ruining my poop scroll. Like, I'm just trying to enjoy my time on the throne. My and I got to see tweets about Baker Mayfield being a buy because he's priced at QB 26. And, 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 and I got to give you a one-year filler? Or, or, or they'll acquire a wide receiver and his value will go up. In what world? We just saw Odell Beckham. He had a wide receiver who could score a crap load of touchdowns. He did score a crap load of touchdowns with the Rams, and he was absolutely fantasy relevant. I got this trophy right here behind me, and he was my flex. Helped me win the damn thing. You know what he was doing for me when he was on Cleveland with Baker Mayfield, Randy? Nothing. So I don't want to hear that. Baker Mayfield's... What it would take for Baker Mayfield's value to go up at all, it would it would take an immense, immense production increase. And at that point, it wouldn't be a cash out because it would be such an immense increase in his production that you'd probably want to hang on to him. The fact is, is that it's so unbelievably unlikely for that to happen. You're never going to profit. It was a lazy tweet. And I could have, you know, give me one minute. That was one minute of my time to explain it. I could have done it in two tweets. You wasted my time. You didn't educate anybody. You didn't make anybody better. It was lazy. I didn't like it. I called it out, and I got blocked for it. Hey, well, you got me blocked because you drug me in there because you know that's my hot button. I, well, that is just, your thing, though. I mean, we're just, I'm I mean, just trying to make honestly, people... it's, it's a good. It's a good thing too. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't mind. I guess. I guess Spence did me a favor. He got pollution yeah. off my timeline. But Spence, JTRB1, if this gets back to you, I did not call you a bad person. You're not a bad person. 
I'm I'm gonna guess that you're you're a little sensitive to to, to, to or maybe you just don't want it on your timeline. I don't know. But you're spent, you're not helping anybody. You're not helping anybody except your own ego. And that's bullshit. But you can all convince right. me. That's a, like if you have a good argument, you can convince me. Just, well, just well, first of all, I agree with Spence. I agree with Spence. If you're going to say some Maybe. hot cakey stuff like Baker Mayfield's fantasy relevant, give me some evidence. Sell me, baby. Well, well I mean, I'm saying I, I, I could, I could easily take that. I could take that conversation with with Baker either way. I don't mind Baker as a cheap buy. No, I agree. You know, as like a QB three four. You know, he's going to have a couple of you know games or. Your QB two or three, they may one or both may have horrible matchups, and Baker may have a good match. And plus, QBs get hurt, and you could flip now. As you said, you could flip Baker later, later for a profit. A L- lot of things you could do. So I think I, I think you're more uh, fired up by about the fact that he said go get Baker Mayfield. I'm more fired up because he didn't tell people how to do it. But Spence, we're going to end this little segment with this one little note. If people won't give you jack shit for Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins, guys who have actually had QB1 seasons, what are they ever going to give you for Baker Mayfield? Think about it, Spence. Think about it. All right, that was Good People, Bad Tweets, brought to you by our patron, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Now, Jerry and I and uh, 10 other Dynasty gamers – deadlocked in a draft right now jerry mm-hmm. uh, I, I i'm going to i'm going to go win now i think the aaron Rodgers news about um having it come out of both ends maybe turn some people off i think there's this uh less than greater than zero percent chance that he's going to retire and he fell to me like in the middle of the fourth round in a super flex i couldn't say no any longer i i, I don't i couldn't you. do it not any longer I, I thought I thought about it in round three, so I'm not I'm not mad at you. And I got to pair him with Dak, so I have two quarterbacks. I've not taken anybody else. Uh, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. But I, I like the value, but it's hard. I absolutely hate drafting with our patrons. They know all my moves, all my players, all my ticks, all everything, because we spend so much time talking dynasty fantasy football. But uh, I think I won one of three startups last year. This was lucky number 13. Number 14, I think we're going auction. I think we're going to go auction in 14, uh, maybe auction best ball. Because how many rosters can I really set at Sunday at like at 1250 <laughs> right. as I'm coming off of the air, off of the live So there's that. I just did a podcast with Joe, uh, one of our patrons. We just, you know, talked, you know, philosophically about, you know, youth chasing, contending, how to attack picks. We hit the record button, and we we posted that as this week's bonus Patreon podcast. So all of that, a lot going on for a little bit of of, of money. It helps us keep the lights on, pays for the streaming service, pays for everything that we use, and it helps the show. So patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Check us out. Come hang out with me. An old Jerry fancy pants. So, all right, Jerry, we're going to do a, a mock draft. First one of the year. Yep. We're going to dip a toe. One round? One round. Because I like, okay, we can do this real quick on Sunday night. Um, I think going forward, if we record these on Sunday, we'll start releasing them on Monday, and then the rookie rundown with our boy Dallas 
could move into the Wednesday spot. Dallas could own the mothership spot for the next couple of weeks on the DWZ. Jerry, how does that make you feel? I'm a little nervous. Now, I trust Dallas, but I'm nervous. You're you're nervous. You're the CEO. You ain't getting replaced. If anybody gets replaced, it's me because he's coming out with fire. And he looks like uh, Baker Mayfield's little brother. But anyway, let's <laughs> let's jump into this mock draft. We've done good people, done bad tweets. We've done the Patreon ad read. It's time to uh, to mock draft, Jerry. So I'm going to give you uh, I'm going to give you the choice. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go first. Okay, maybe. we're going to do. So remember, this is super flex. Yep. Hide in premium. Yep. And go. I am going to go running back because we have talked about the quarterback situation in this draft. I do think there's a possibility that Malik Willis could creep up depending where he goes in the draft capital. Uh, I don't know if I would personally do it, but I could see it. You know, this is a different year for us with, you know, both of our real avoiding of the quarterback position, but I'm going to go Brees Hall. I know my man K9 is a, is a dog, but Brees Hall's been doing it for a very long time. Um, You know, receiving, rushing, production, tons of touchdowns. I think he broke the record for the most having a touchdown in a, you know, consecutively in a game. Dude's good. Dude, I mean, he's a good prospect. He should get early draft capital. What else is there to say? So I'm going to go with him. I think he's going to be the top running back in the class. And, you know, I'm excited about it. Hey, uh, that would have been my 101. I'm going to put you in charge of writing these down. Oh, I got it. When I was reorganizing the basement here, my my clipboard and pen are missing. So you're writing it down, Brees Hall 101. I I think that's going to wind up being the consensus by the time we're done. I don't think he's going to be a unanimous 101 like a Saquon Barkley or in a Superflex last year. It was a lot of Trevor Lawrence. But I think by the time the NFL draft is over and we see his combine here this week, combine week, Jerry, I, I think we're going to see some things and this guy is going to spring up the draft board. I I am torn. I am torn between your guy, KW, and the guy that I'm actually going to go. I am going to go Isaiah Speller. And, and here's why. Big dude. I, I, I like the size. I like the 6'1". I like the 225. Uh, but where it really gets me, and this is always going to be the case with rookie running backs, he is a good pass blocker. And if you're a good pass blocker and you do not get your quarterback killed, you tend to get more reps in the NFL, especially as a rookie. So that is what speaks to my heart. Uh, I know your boy Kenneth Walker's like 5'9"-ish. He's not the biggest guy in the world. So the tiebreaker is going to be a little size. Uh, now this could change. These two, for me, are so close that where they go could could really make a big deal. Let's say one of these two guys lands in New York with the Jets, with a back that I already like, like Michael Carter. And one of these guys lands in Atlanta, where they have nobody. Or Miami with competition like Miles Gaskin. Then the guy who goes to Miami or Atlanta is going to be the guy that I want. And the guy who goes to New York with a, with a good pass catching back already there in Michael Carter is going to slide down my board. So for me today, what I know today, just based on the, the, the write-ups I've read and the, the bits and pieces I've seen on tape, I'm going to go Isaiah Speller, Jerry. I'm, I'm cool with that. 
You're not going to get any beef from me. Um, I think I'm going to go wide receiver here, and I'm going to go my top wide receiver, uh, which is Garrett Wilson right now. You know, I'm not a scout. I still have a lot of lot of data accumulation from people that I respect in this in this industry. Um, but at this point, just from what I've seen, Garrett Wilson's always open. And if you're always open, you have a, a skill set to get open. And that's what I like. I, I, you know, Traylon Burks looks like he's a freak, but, you know, I, I, I've fallen for freaks before. Hakeem Butler was a freak. You know, Nikhil Harry was quite a bit of a freak. So I, I think he's probably better than them. Um, but I just like Garrett Wilson. I feel like Garrett Wilson's going to get drafted early. He's going to be, you know, I don't think he's going to test like someone like Traylon Burke. So he's probably going to slip a little bit down to the draft board into a better situation. Thank you. Sign me up. Give me that kid. Okay. Well, uh, I'll go ahead and get into it now. I was going to do it when I first took a wide receiver, but I was listening to two different podcasts. I was listening to Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah on the move the sticks and I was listening to Austin Gale on one of the PFF podcasts. And they were basically, I don't know if they did it ironically, if one covered, copied the other, but it was, hey, where would you put the best wide receiver in this class versus last year's class? And both shows had uh, the number one wide receiver in this group. Now, each show had a different number one wide receiver but they had the best wide receiver in this class as the fourth best wide receiver in last year's class. They all would have taken uh, Jamar Chase. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the third one. It was Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith, and there was one other. Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. Thank you very much. So they all would have taken those three guys ahead of anyone in this draft class. It's a pretty big sign to me. Yeah. Considering it's too, you know, you know, I love the wisdom of crowds. So based on that information here at the 104, not only am I going to use that against you in your pick, I'm going right back to running back. Give me Kenneth Walker. Nothing but a thing. Uh, Would love, love to see this guy wind up in a spot where he can really, really be showcased. I I think Houston would be a good spot for him. I know that sounds crazy. Uh, I think Houston, there's no competition there. Uh, and he's a Spartan dog, but this guy is just a dog. He has like that 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 scrappiness to him. He's a guy that I've I've not heard any interviews from him, Jerry. Maybe you have. He feels like a guy who loves the game of football. So for me, uh, all my top three are all running backs. Now this is the part of the program where. We'll start talking wide receivers and maybe eventually a quarterback. For, but for me, the top three, 101, 102, 103, I drafted two of them. You drafted my 101. I got my 102 and my 103. And uh, it's back to you with the 105. Uh, love Kenny. K9's my man. He just, he if you watch him, he only does good things. So that's the one thing. Love it every second of the way. I'm going to take Traylon Burks, though, just because he is an athletic freak. He is going to test out of his effing mind. And if he was the first wide receiver off the board, I would not be shocked. Um, You know, we'll see where he lands. You know, this is sort of a guessing game, too, because we don't know where people are, and that can change in an instant. You see someone like Devonta Smith, like these guys said that they had Devonta Smith ahead of them. Well, if Devonta Smith was in a different situation, one of these guys was in the Philadelphia Eagles, 
I would definitely agree with them. So we'll see where people land. I'm going to go with Burks just because he is a freak. Like he's not DK. Like he's not like a DK freak. What would, I don't want but, to cut you off, but I was yep. listening to – so I've heard a lot of people compare him to A.J. Brown. And this Austin Gale from PFF, he was like, he doesn't see A.J. Brown. He does say he does see more D.K. Metcalf. And he said, don't be surprised if you don't see uh, Burks run the four, uh, run the, the three-cone and the short shuttle because much like D.K., it, it, it could really push him – he said he wouldn't be surprised if he did not run those drills at either the combine or his pro day because there's yeah. no need to. He's already seen as a guy who's going to have first-round draft capital. And so why mess that up by yeah. giving NFL GMs fear? So, uh, I mean, if you wind up with someone between A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, you're probably going to be okay. Yeah. Probably going to be okay. So this is this is where it gets tricky for me. I agree. Um, because I, much like my Spiller Walker rant early in the show, these two guys are going to come down to the same thing. Um, knowing what I know today, I'm going to take Drake London wide receiver out of USC. Uh, I'll just go ahead and spill the, spill the tea as, uh, as it's been said, uh, it probably would have been Olave for me. If Olave winds up in a really good situation and let's say London winds up in one that I don't find favorable, like Philadelphia is one that I don't think is favorable. You've already got Smith there. You got Goddard there. You got Jalen Rager. Laugh all you want. The guy's got first round NFL, yep. you know, draft capital. And you got a quarterback that's a much better runner than thrower. So for me, um, based on what I know today, this is very situation fluid. I'm going to go Drake London, big guy. Um, we talked before on the show about the old school prototypical X six, five big body, but he doesn't really play the game that way. Um, he can play the slot. He can, he can run routes. And I think getting some really good QB play could really unlock this guy. So depending on where he lands, he could jump up to even the our wide receiver one in this class. So uh, a lot of talent, big guy. And uh, my biggest concern with him is his health, but uh, Drake London at six, Jerry. Okay, I can dig it. I think I am going to take the leap here. Uh, there's definitely at least one guy that I really, really want on a lot of my rosters, and I might be setting you up for it, but um, I'm going to take the quarterback here because I think if Malik Willis can get drafted into a good situation with good draft capital, he has a ceiling that can be conducive to him being a starting caliber player on a championship roster. And that's exactly what you're trying to do. Now he could also just not, he could, he could not have it. And, and he's raw for sure. But if the man pans out, then the man is going to help you win. So I am going to go with him right here. Uh, The one Oh seven is the first spot that I don't have a problem drafting a quarterback. I think the six guys that we've already taken are the six guys. And, the, and the, let me let me say one thing real quick. You know, this is not based on me watching these quarterbacks and analyzing their the width of their hips when they step back and da 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 da. Like I'm not doing that. It, it, what I am doing when I am analyzing these types of players is I'm a dynasty player. I'm not an NFL scout. 
one one of these players has a skill set to be an elite first round startup type of player if he pans out, and it's Malik Willis, which is why I'm taking him. So I just want to put that caveat out there. No, we we've talked about this before. In my opinion, it's just my opinion. Malik Willis is the only QB that needs to go in the first round of your startup draft. I'm excuse me of your rookie draft. There's the, again, I've said it before. If you wouldn't, if you wouldn't give the 110 for Kirk Cousins, then why would you give the 110 for for Sam Howell? You've seen Kirk Cousins do it for what since 2013, 2014. Was it eight years? Eight year sample size of a guy who's like a top eight to 15 quarterback each and every year. You won't give up the 110 for that, but you'll take some slap dick out of Pittsburgh. But that's neither here nor there. I'm, I'm going to keep this train a moving. I will I will not be drafting a, a quarterback here. I will be drafting Mr. Chris Olave. Like the speed, um, much like LSU, although LSU, you know, you had Odell Beckham Jr., you had Chase, you had, you know, Jefferson, but it's not like it's all can't miss. You know, I would say Alabama's had a good run of wide receivers lately. Ohio State. You know, I'll just take I'll just take Chris Olave, fast, especially given where he could land. A lot of teams are going to need a wide receiver. Um, and to go back to it real quick, part of the reason why I started this draft with all the good running backs is because I want you to do this. I want you to hit pause on this podcast, unless you're driving, then keep driving. But if you're not driving. Yeah, hit pause in this podcast and go find the bad wide receiver class. The last one that I could remember that was really bad was probably 2016. That's 2017. That was the Corey Davis and uh, uh, I mean, Mike Williams. Yeah, but there were some there were some meh, some meh yeah. wide receivers. But even yeah. then, I mean, you've played Corey Davis, you played Mike Williams, I mean, you've yeah. you've played some of these guys. 2018 was DJ Moore and Sutton and Ridley and those guys, you know, 2019, 2020, 20, I mean, there's not been a bad wide receiver class. You know why? Because the best athletes in the, in the NCAA are playing wide receiver. Why? Because when you get to the NFL, you get paid almost like a quarterback. I mean, quarterback's always going to be the top dog. Then it's like, you know, DB cornerback wide receiver. That's where all the money is. So the NCAA is going to continue to pump our dynasty rosters full of wide receiver talent. So, but in this case, I'm going to take the the speedy guy, good hands out of Ohio State. Give me Mr. Chris Olave at the 108. He does got some good hands. He can he snatches it a lot. Uh, uh, you know, I got when you, when you live in Michigan, Ohio State's always on the TV, and you just you're in awe of those those guys. Uh, and he had a lot of competition there, and he still made plays. So good on him. Uh, my guy's going to be an Alabama guy, Jamison Williams. I just – the ACL sucks, but ACLs are not – even what ACLs were when we started this podcast. When we started this podcast, it was you missed a year, and you were slowed down for another year, and maybe you returned. It, it's not that anymore. Like, it, it's a, it sucks, and you miss time in the season, but you come back and you're good. And the dude was a freak. I mean, if the Detroit Lions end up with him because of the ACL, I'm going to be such a happy camper. So I'm I'm going to go Jameson Williams here, 109. 
Yeah, that was that was gonna be my guy. Because uh, uh, here's the thing. So where where do you think Williams would have went in the draft uh, had he not had the ACL in the actual NFL draft from one to whatever? F- 15, 16, probably fourteen teens, early teens. And how far down draft boards do you think he'll fall? Twenty thirty. Okay, 20 or thirtieth pick in there. And what kind of teams are typically drafting in the twenties and the in the thirties in the NFL? As long as it's not 32, it's going to be a good team. That's the thing. The, the, this is where the, the the negative can turn into a positive. Instead of having to go to a place, I'm sorry, Jerry, like Detroit, like, yeah. like Jacksonville, like Houston, where you have to come in, or even like Philadelphia, where you have to come in and compete with it with a crowded room in the case of Philadelphia, or come in and have to be the man right away, um, He's going to, you know, wind up going to a team, you know, I don't want to say the Bengals, maybe not not even the Niners, but Tennessee. He'd be a nice compliment in Tennessee. Julio's not going to be around forever. No, No. he might be a cap casualty. I would love to see that. What what about Jamison Williams in Las Vegas with the Raiders? I would love that so much. So you get my point. He's going to land with one of these better teams. What if what if Green Bay re-signs Aaron Rodgers and they use their first round pick on him? I mean, you kind of get my point. I mean, yeah. if he slides to the back half of the first round, a lot of good spots. So he was my pick. I'll, I'll be I'll be quite straight with you. He he was my pick. Um, again, this is kind of a landing spot dependent here. With this is the one ten. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. At, at the one ten, um, I want to see what the NFL actually thinks about this guy. And I want to see what the uh, draft capital is. I want to see what the combine metrics are. But I'm going to reach. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to take David Bell. Purdue Purdue Boilermaker, about 60 miles from where I sit. Um, Two-sport athlete, played basketball in high school, played, you know, obviously college football. That's why we're we're talking about Mr. Bell. But I like the size, 6'2", 205. Uh, let your Michigan State Sparties up for the the, yes, the, the, the the 200 piece and basically kept you guys out of the playoffs, for, for lack of a better term. So yeah. I, I, I like him quite a bit. He could be a guy who, if the NFL tells us they hate him and they take him on day three, yeah. he yeah. tumbles on draft boards. But if the mock drafts are correct and he goes somewhere in the middle of the second round, especially to a good team, I'm going to be all about David Bell. So for tonight, just for tonight, another guy that I would have mentioned, I don't want to give Jerry, was uh, Jahan Dotson. Okay. Another guy. Ten guys. Uh, you know, there are certain guys you trust, and I heard both McShay and Daniel Jeremiah say Dotson had the best hands in the draft. That resonates. Doesn't mean that the best hands in the NFL, but he could be the fastest guy with the best hands. Never a bad combination, Jerry, but I, I passed on him to go with David Bell, uh, knowing it could be a mistake today. I won't make yeah. that mistake once I get, you know, more data points. Right. I mean, that's the thing about doing this at the end of February, though. You know, we, we don't have the whole picture. We have half a puzzle. You know, we, uh, we have the corners. We don't have the center. Um, as far as the 11th one, I mean, the NFL draft would dictate what I do here. There's a chance I would go a quarterback. Because I don't, I don't hate them, sort of as much as you do, but I, I get what you're saying. Uh, so I might go that, but I don't think because 
of where we are at currently, I think I am going to do something that I don't like to do because the, the person that gets drafted in this spot that's a running back, it seems like they fail a lot of the times because they're the ones that always – they're the mediocre prospect that gets super hyped up before the draft. Daryl Henderson. It, it, uh, Royce Freeman. Uh, like, we, we could do this all day. They get so hyped up, and then it gets to be, you know, 109, 110, 111, and they get snagged. Trey Sermon, r- recent history. <sighs> And I'm going to say Kyron Williams because I like the dude. I, I think he plays well. He I like watching him run. He's just he's a guy that fights. And if a person fights every play, I'm always going to like them. That's why I like David Montgomery. Never been sexy, but he at least he fights. So I'm going to go with Kyron Williams, Notre Dame. That's the other thing. He's a Notre Dame guy. And there's an entire cult of Notre Dame fans in, in, the, in the world. So they'll definitely hype him up no matter what happens. All he has to do is get drafted anywhere. I, I already have the perfect landing spot in the NFL for Kyron Williams. Okay. I have him going to Las Vegas in my mind to be the new James White for Josh McDaniels in that offense. Let Josh Jacobs be the bruiser and the the, the two-down guy, and then – give those meaningful touches, those receptions and all that work. Basically, I'm looking for Williams to land with a quarterback that's more statuesque, Matt Ryan, Derek Carr. Uh, I mean, I know Minnesota's got got Dalvin Cook, but you get my drift. I'm, I'm, yeah. looking, for, I'm looking for a running back that's going to use the running back in the passing game. I'm not looking for a guy like Kyron Williams. I'm not going to be stoked if he lands in Chicago or in Baltimore, or in anywhere where the, you know, Buffalo, where the QB runs a bunch. I want targets. You know, look at Austin Eckler. He's not a between-the-tackles grinder, but what's he do? He's heavily involved in the passing game, not much bigger than Kyron Williams, 5'9", 198. So for me, I, I like the pick. With the last pick, Jerry, see, th- this is where I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in a pickle. Now, this is a spot where if I was a champion last year, you know, touchdown Tommy Brady was on a lot of championship dynasty rosters. So you could be sitting here at the 112, and if you play with a bunch of assholes like me, then, you know, there's quarterbacks left on the board. And for me, I'm going to take the uh, the only true junior, I believe, in the class. I'm going to take Sam Howell. You know, I don't believe he's mobile. There's running around for North Carolina mobile. Like Baker was able to get out there and hustle a little bit of Oklahoma. Hey, Sam, get on the phone with Baker Mayfield, who you look just alike, by the way. You and Dallas are from the rookie rundown, and, and, and Baker should all go hang out and really confuse people. But, yeah, you're, you know, this is landing spot dependent. You know, did, did we not learn our lesson last year with Zach Wilson landed with the shit-ass Jets? I mean, maybe, maybe Zach Wilson can turn it around. But for me, yeah. if he lands in a, in a good spot, if he does fall to a halfway decent spot, I could see if you needed it. This is I'm I'm thinking again. I need need to think like what's a real world scenario. I won my league, and let's be honest, Jerry, I win a lot of leagues, and I won a league, and I got the one twelve. I lost Tom Brady to retirement. This might be a spot where we're drafting a quarterback would make sense. And at this spot, I would take Sam Howell. 
I manage it. Like I said, I was thinking about it with the 11th pick. I don't love it. I don't love it. No. I'd, like, I'd like to trade back two spots and maybe pick up a a, a third. I'll right. go to the 102 and hopefully that Sam Howell or Desmond Ritter or one of these other guys. But uh, when asked, when pressed, um, Daniel Jeremiah and this Austin Gale guy said that the best QB in this draft would have been the sixth best quarterback in last year's draft. That's all you need to say. My man, John Middlecoff from the Three and Out podcast, he calls it QB inflation. And we're all dealing with a shit pile of that. This is what happens when the 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 need and the scarcity of quarterbacks are out there. It drives up the price. The inflation on the QB position is what it is. But uh, Jerry, you want to read back that twelve, and we'll get out of here. Yeah, let's uh, let's do one more bonus. You, you got a bonus guy? I, I will. I do. I'll let you go first. Uh, we'll, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll go with one bonus guy a piece. I was going to say an, an injury-plagued guy, George Pickens out of Georgia, wide receiver. I just I, – he, he, No, if I was a champion with, a, with like, a deep QB bench, he was my pick. He was the next yeah. guy for me. Like, I, I don't know if he's going to, you know, bounce back because he wasn't – you know, I think he only played in the, the championship. I don't remember if he played against Michigan or not. Um, but, you know, he, he had a lot of injuries, but he was an elite upside type of guy. But as far as Sam Howell's concerned, like, yeah – you know, or like what Daniel Jeremiah and them said. It's funny because Sam Howell, after his freshman year, you know, the Debbie people didn't shut the hell up about him. You know, it was always, we're going to get to this class and it's going to be him and then like Keaton Slovis and like these guys aren't even relevant anymore. Like, so it's just, it's just names that they love to talk about. But I hear you. Who you got? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a guy. You know, I love me some running backs. Tyler Algier. Okay. Out of BYU. I like the size, 5'11", 220. Um, very interested to see his combine. He could be he could be anywhere from a Daryl Henderson type all the way to an Antonio Gibson type. Meaning, depends on where he lands, what kind of coaching staff he lands with, and I'm always going to gamble with, with a running back. Again, he... he this is not a one-to-one comparison, but I get like a James Conner vibe okay. from, from, from this guy. Not so much the game, but the size and just the kind of guy that I feel like that's got low-key three-down workhorse traits that we won't want to see. Like we never wanted to see the, the James Conner work, workhorse role, and that's what you could see out of a guy like Algier, and this is a great spot to get him at the 202. So let's, let's go through one more time. Um, and then I got a little question for you afterwards. So we started it off 101, Brees Hall. We kept the running back train going, Isaiah Spiller, who looks a lot like Miles Sanders to me, and this is right around the range where he was going a couple years ago. I went Garrett Wilson at three. K9, Kenneth Walker went four. Five was Traylon, Traylon Burks. Six, Drake London, big fella out of USC. Number seven, finally, finally, the Dynasty Warzone duo went against everything that they have done for years because this is a poop quarterback class. And Malik Willis came off the board, followed by Chris Alave. This was the wide receiver run. Chris Alave at eight, Jamison Williams at nine, David Bell at 10, back to the running backs, Kyron Williams, before Randy reluctantly, desperately hated it. He went with a quarterback and took Sam Howell to round out the first round. So, Randy, here is my thing. We have heard all, all all college football season that this 
rookie quarterback class was not poop. You know, it was not good. They were poop. You know, not comparable to last year. And I pulled up three separate mock drafts. And I got four quarterbacks in the first round in every single one of them. Is this just people not committing? Is this people not I, – I, have we just convinced ourselves? Because quarterback in a super flex, very important. Don't get me wrong. But if we're going to overpay for mediocre talent, why? Like it would suggest to me that if there is four quarterbacks going in the first round, this would be a good draft class. But the draft you know, has been the opposite. Would you rather have, you know, Christian Ponderer, EJ Manuel, Geno Smith? Again, don't don't confuse actual NFL draft capital with actual NFL value. Just just don't. Again, I'm going to say this a million times. If you would not give that pick for Kirk Cousins. Don't don't give it to Kenny Pickett. Perennial QB one, just a guy who's always QB eight to QB twelve. Maybe on a down year, he's QB fifteen. And you're like, but where's he going to play next year? Guys, they're talking about Carson Wentz and Mitch Trubisky and Jameis Winston getting another job. I'm pretty sure Kirk Cousins, who I believe over the last eight years is the highest paid quarterback in the history of the league in that eight year window. Pretty safe to say someone's going to give Kirk Cousins a job. I mean, what will he be, like 33? Hell, Kirk yeah. Cousins is good for their five years. So how many do, – do, do you get a Jared Goff-type career where you get like a couple of QB1 seasons? Do you get a Baker Mayfield who's never finished higher than QB17 on a season? Is that going to make you feel good? A Mitch Trubisky who plays four years? And I actually kind of like Mitch Trubisky this year, but I've always been – but he's you know, not costing you the 109. And and that's my point. So, again, this was part of the conversation I had with Joe over at the uh, Patreon podcast. It's how do we zig when the dynasty industry and the dynasty landscape zags? You know, he was like the advice that you were giving us a year ago, year and a half ago. It was really working about moving these, these middle-aged, and in my middle age, I mean 26-year-old running backs, I thought you went to 14th century. No, 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 Jerry. I know you're a history buff. But he was like, you know, the rest of Dynasty has caught up to that now. What's next? And, you know, this is what's next for me. We went ditch to ditch. We just did a super flex startup, right? Like the first eight picks were all quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they're important. And and we were doing that. You can go back and check the tape. Go to Podbean if you're not on Apple and and go back to – not last year, but the year before. We were drafting the Patrick Mahomes in the first round with the 101 and the 102, and people were like, well, you can't do that. And now everybody does it. So you, you have to steer into this volatility at things. So that, that, that's why I will not relent. I've, I've, I've already shifted. This is something I feel like we'll be talking about two years from now. I agree. I, that, I, I that think we, I, this year is different, though, cause just because it's such a – poor class historically i i agree i hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying but there's also like what what is the possibility that we're talking our first quarterback off the board at 107 next year with the bryce youngs and and the cj strouds of the world i i can't it's not gonna happen 
Well, no, but and 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 that's a different case. I I hear you. That's the, what I'm the the these are different guys. It's just like last year. I had again. Don't don't mix the two messages. Yeah. I have no problem taking a QB with the one hundred and one. I got oh, mi- I got I got many a Trevor Lawrence. Last year, um, I drafted Jordan. Excuse me, um, Justin Fields with the one hundred and two, and then traded that for the you know traded back to take uh, Trey Lance. So they went one, two, three. I have no problem with that because that's, you know, based on the talent at the time. What I am saying is the days of me drafting guys with QB2 upside, that's their fucking ceiling is QB14. That's their ceiling. The days of me using first round rookie capital on that guy are over. I'll give you my second pick for the, 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 the Tyler Heineke. I'll give you my second pick on draft day for Mitch Trubisky. If he signs a job, he's going to be a starter. I will use that second round pick every year now and in perpetuity until I either get lucky or make a trade, and I will just continue to give up my second round pick every year for a one-year rental at the QB position. I keep my first. I can continue to reinvest my first round pick back into the youth and the infrastructure of my other positions while using that second to get a guy that he may give me a one year like Mitch Trubisky, or maybe Mitch learned a thing or two from Josh Allen and Brian Dayball in Buffalo last year, and he can go on a he can go on a Ryan Tannehill esque revival of his career. So that's how I'm going to handle the quarterback position at least until Dynasty catches up, and then I'll create something else new because you've not heard this anywhere else. No, you're welcome. And you know, I, I I just I just want to make sure that people understand we're doing this because this year is a historically bad quarterback class. No, so two thousand and thirteen would like a word. Okay, that's okay. Not history's absolute. That was the the urinal of of the urinal cakes of quarterback classes, and uh, people were just eating the urinal cakes when they were taking one hundred and two and getting Christian Ponder. But good God. That was a, what, a, uh, what, a, what a disaster that was. Ladies and gentlemen, when you go to the restroom, do not eat the big white mint. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, and to the ladies, I'm sorry if you have to now Google what a urinal cake is, but yeah, I'm not. I just, I, I'm, not. I, <laughs> I'm educating people about that's, quarterbacks that's and terrible. quarterback philosophy in the Superflex. You're educating people on urinal cakes. That's what we do here, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, we're, di- we're different, different breeds. Couple of well-rounded, well-rounded outcasts. I'm with you though. See, that's that's the thing about the community though is it creates villains of people that want to think abstractly like this. Like, why why should I? I understand that quarterbacks are a very integral part of Superflex success, but pissing value down the drain for something that you could get something better with the 110. The 110 gets you a Kirk Cousins pretty easily, and he's going to be QB 12, QB 13, as opposed to getting, you know, in, in a, a league with me and Randy, it's going to get you either the first or second quarterback. But in a lot of leagues, it's going to get you the fourth or the fifth best quarterback in a shit class. Why in the absolute hell would you want to do that? So I'm with you. I hear you. But it, here's my thing. Here, here's here's the whole, whole point of it, right? If you don't feel bad, to zig when others are zagging. Because here's the thing. None of us actually know what in the absolute hell we're doing. We are doing the best with the information that we have been given. 
and we are using our past experiences to get better. Just because a bunch of people tell you to do this and this is what you have to do, there's a bunch of people that are so terrible at this game. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart where I see moves and I see picks and I see trades and I see drafts and I get, there's just no, no game theory. There's no thought process. There's no plan. It's just a reaction over and over and over again. I just, I, I can't do it. So, uh, you know, that's why I, I like sitting here and I like talking to you because you're a smart mother effer, man. And, and, and you make me better and we're just trying to make everybody else better. If there was a person with a PhD in Dynasty, you would be accepted into my program, and I would be waiting just until the end of time for your dissertation, Dynasty dissertation by Mr. Randall Young. Well, I, I appreciate that, and I love I love games of theory, and I, and I love thinking through problems. Uh, I've spent the last two and a half years of my career working in manufacturing, a big part of manufacturing, especially Toyota and Japanese-based manufacturing is a term called Kaizen. And Kaizen means basically continuous improvement. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to continuously, There's, we're never going to get to a point in Dynasty where we're going to go, aha, we have all the answers. No. The game, the game evolves. The real NFL evolves. You know, that was something Colin Cowherd said many years ago on his podcast. He was so concerned about John Gruden coming back to coaching. He's like, there are two industries where you cannot sit out of the industry for more than a year to 18 months that it will lap you. And one is the technology field because everything moves so quickly. And the other is the NFL. The NFL literally changes things. Like if a rule doesn't make sense that they enacted in – you know, one year, it's gone the next. The NFL moves quickly. And if we don't move with it, we're going to get lapped. And that's not going to happen. Jerry, have one last thing before I get out of here. One last Shoot. thing. Be very leery of the dynasty services and the dynasty people tweeting, talking about how everybody can be the, the next Josh Allen. These are, these are the same raggedy, rat soup-eating sons of bitches that three years ago wouldn't have pissed on Josh Allen if he were on fire. But now he is the case study for every athletic QB they like. Um, Malik Willis is the next Josh Allen, and Justin Fields is the next Josh Allen. Gang, we're literally two years removed from never having a Josh Allen. And we'd never had a never, we had never had another Josh Allen because Josh Allen's the first. But the thing of it is, is now that we've seen Josh Allen, we can justify everything being Josh Allen. Be very careful. You know, what you should do is if your favorite dynasty content creator is, is calling someone Josh Allen, search that person's at, at Jerry Sin, DWZ, and then Josh Allen. And then you can go back and you can put them in timeline order. And you can go back and see what this person was saying about Josh Allen two, three years ago. And then see, now they're comparing their favorite player to Josh Allen because why? It fits their narrative. Be very careful about people comping your their favorite player to all time outliers. That's all I'm and, saying. And I love and, Josh Allen. I was I was always I was not. He I was the he was one of the ones I got right. I wouldn't have pissed on him if he was on fire. So uh, you were that guy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The difference is is I'm not going to comp anybody to anything. 
I, I don't think that helps anybody at all. Like, it's I, dangerous. I don't know you, it's dangerous. I, I, just, I, I think back, it's dumb because there, there, there's not a single person out there who's who's going to go, oh, this person reminds me a lot of Sterling Shepard. Oh, this is yeah, this is Corey Coleman. This is a, a Corey Coleman type prospect. And they're going to say good things about him. Even though when Corey Coleman was coming out, Corey Coleman was an elite wide receiver prospect and was drafted early in the first round of rookie drafts in every single rookie draft. But you nobody's said, out here talking like that. You Just said like, this man's the next Sterling Shepard. Yes, uh, <laughs> when was the last time you heard that? No, it's always Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams or yeah, this is Justin Jefferson. This is a DJ Moore prospect. Jerry, that, that, that is the wisest thing I've heard you say in a long time. That is true. They they never comp a player they love to a player that's been mediocre. Nope. Jerry, nope. you're smart. Let's Even if on that, that person, when they came out, was a high-level prospect, like, like Sterling Shepard, like Corey Coleman. You'll hear some Corey Davis, I guess. But not really. When was the last time you heard someone say they were comp to Corey Davis? I, I, I mean, tell you. From and Corey Davis standpoint. went five overall, and he was arguably the 101 in that class. A lot of oh, he was. It was, him, it was it was him and Leonard Fournette. A lot yep. of him, a lot of Fournette. Yep. Uh, Joe Mixon creeped up in there, and they yep. let all the Christian McCaffrey and yes, and Dalvin did. Cook fall. Although at least yep. Joe Mixon, it, it took five years, but he got there. He did. He got there. And Jerry, speaking of getting here, we're going to keep being here. We're going to keep doing mock draft Mondays as, as long as I can get this guy to come hang out with me on Sundays. He's a very busy man, but I, I like mock draft Monday on a Sunday. Maybe we'll, like I said, we're going to refinagle the schedule. Uh, but Jerry, this one right here went long, man, but a lot of good stuff here at the end. I mean, it was good. I mean, we got to do a mock, which we had not done. This was my first rookie mock. So that that's awesome. Uh, so it gives me a good idea. And I, and I get to pick your brain, which is always good. And then we got to argue theory, which is, that's good Easily, for the listener. It, it, I, I agree. And it's good for us, too. It makes us better because it, it's the most important thing that we do on this show. Not talking about players, not talking about how to trade. It's how to play the game. And that's why I like doing this. Well, I like doing this because you're my pal and I okay. like helping people. So on behalf of that man, you can follow him on Twitter at Jerry Sin DWZ. You can follow me on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. Follow the show everywhere, YouTube, Instagram, and uh, what, Twitter? All those places at Randy's Dynasty on TikTok Wars. too. No, he's not. I'm just kidding. You know what, Jerry? We'll do we'll do some kind of uh, we'll do some kind of challenge to where yeah, oh absolutely. We'll do some kind of challenge that if we hit like a certain <laughs> number of viewers on YouTube or number of reviews on the podcast. I'll do a TikTok dance here on the YouTube channel, but we'll figure all that out. But on behalf of that man, he is Jerry Sinclair, and this show is the Dynasty War Zone. And remember, Jerry, what are we here to do? Randy, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a great week. See you soon. It's Hate Brand Goods. That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to the hate.com, hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing, this, this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know. Like, I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. 
And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to the hate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. won a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak